think of every character as a main character. They believe they're the main characters in their stories. No one should be just an obstacle. Ben Edlund. You're listening to Writing Roots, brought to you by Aspen House Publishing. Welcome to Writing Roots. I'm Lee Hole. And I'm Lee Esses. Today we're talking about those secondary characters. We have done an episode in our very first series about secondary and tertiary characters and how to write those. Now we're narrowing it down to the named characters that show up more than once, that have their own stories going on, that interact with your hero. Our first two episodes of this month, the sidekick and the mentor, are technically secondary characters, but we're going to expand that out today to the rest of the secondary cast. They're not usually the hero or their closest allies, but they are not just decorations. They're not just there for a little bit. They consistently recur in the story and have presence and influence on the outcome of the story. Some examples of the secondary characters are the team, quote unquote. In the case of the TV show House, his little team of minions who all try to solve the problem while he just is annoying. That team are all secondary characters. They show up almost every episode. They're interesting. They have their own world and they participate in the hero's world as well. In the Stormlight Archives, I would say Bridge 4 are your secondary characters. They are there consistently supporting the main character. There are a couple members of Bridge 4 that are more tertiary, but you have characters like the Lopin, Rock, Teft, who are very much your secondary characters there for Kaladin. A lot of the Series 4 in Marvel have been your secondary characters getting their own story. Falcon and Winter Soldier get their own story. Hawkeye gets his own TV show when he never had a movie beforehand. You have the Scooby gang in the Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So your main character is Buffy, her mentor is Giles, but Willow, Xander, Cordelia all kind of play the secondary characters of the team. Another good example would be Lumiere or Cogsworth. These are characters that pop up frequently. We know them. We know their names. If I told you I was playing Cogsworth on stage, you would know what my costume would look like. Interesting character, not the main character in the story. We care about him but he doesn't necessarily contribute to the final outcome of the story. These secondary characters that aren't your main sidekick, that aren't your mentor, are often going to fall in a couple of different categories or tropes. You will have what was referenced in Buffy the Vampire Slayer as the butt monkey. This is the guy with the permanent kick me sign on his back, the butt of everyone's jokes, the one who always gets in the worst situations. Another common trope you'll see is the bait character. This is the character who intentionally or unintentionally will drive the hero and villain into conflict with each other. Watching the Clone Wars right now, this is Padme. And then one of my favorite tropes is the hate sink. The character that is not the villain that we just like hating. He probably has greasy hair and minions who don't know how to read or really loves the color pink and has an obsession with cats. Yes. 
So this is a good example of that secondary character that isn't actually within the main character's team, that isn't in that main group, but they still have a prominence within the story. There are some key traits that pop up in a lot of these secondary characters to keep in mind to help you determine if this is a secondary or tertiary character. Generally, these characters are only dangerous when they are pushed too far. They aren't the leading active fighters. If they were, they are more likely going to be the hero or the main sidekick or part of the villain team. They do play a tiny role in the outcome, if nothing else, than to probably motivate your hero to save all of the Gryffindors. Sometimes they are the turning point, the straw that breaks the camel's back and helps the hero win, in which case they're the secret ingredient character, which we're going to talk about next episode. Outside of the superhero genre, where a lot of characters have alliterative names, your secondary characters are going to have that alliterative or memorable name that is simple but memorable enough for us to actually know who they are when they come up again in a future scene where it's actually important. Some of your archetypes, so types of secondary characters that you can have, would be the fan club of the hero who are there as a support system and cheering them on. They aren't taking the danger themselves, but they're going, you go do this, you can do it. A lot of the times these characters are going to be the family, the close friends that are there enough to be supportive without being part of the key solutions. Sometimes they're annoying, sometimes they're precious, depends on how you want the reader to feel about these characters. Another archetype for your secondary character is going to be the false romantic lead. The one that the hero dates to get back at the person they actually like, or the one that is that possible diversion in a romantic-based story that almost acts like a love triangle situation, but we know the outcome isn't actually going to be with them. Sometimes this archetype would fall under the dog part of the pet the dog moment. This character exists just so that we can pity them, so that we can have the hero express kindness and therefore we like the hero. This is a little dangerous to do, but especially if it's a child, you're gonna see this as the archetype of, see our hero is a good person. And that's the only purpose for the secondary character. You can also take any family relation or close friend relation and the stereotypes around it to work for your secondary characters so that you can have the typical mother-in-law character as your secondary character. You can, of course, subvert this, but if you're looking for an easy way to have a main character, you can have this as the mother-in-law that's the typical stereotype. Secondary characters need to have a role within the story. If they don't, or if that role crosses over with another character, it becomes very unwieldy. I think this is a problem that I had with my last book, as I had too many secondary characters that had overlapping roles within the story. So it created a lot of confusion. So as you go to develop your secondary characters, look at the roles that they play within your story with the purposes that they have to be there. One of which is to show that the hero is making choices to be a hero. 
to show that the hero is willing to go farther than these secondary characters who are making safer choices. Of course, secondary characters to qualify as secondary characters have to be named and occur in more than one scene. If they are not named, if they only show up once, they fall into the category of tertiary character, which we covered way back. A lot of their purpose is to humble the hero. Oftentimes, this comes with one character taking the hit instead of the hero. That clarifies everything in the hero's mind of this character died to save my life. Now I have to do the thing. It is a motivation for the hero. To serve that fully, they need to have some sort of connection with that hero. I think a good example of this is Hawkeye and Quicksilver, where though they hadn't known and interacted with each other for very long, towards the end when Quicksilver was able to sacrifice himself to help save Hawkeye, they had had just enough interaction with each other to get a little bit of a personal connection that it suddenly motivated the rest of Hawkeye's actions towards the end of that movie. I also feel like these characters are really convenient as red shirts because if I immediately make you, the reader, feel for this character and then kill them immediately, you as the reader know, okay, stakes are high and they're only going to get higher. This is dramatic. I'm emotionally invested. I don't want this to happen to the dog either. Secondary characters have a great role as serving to portray the view of the world at large. You see this a lot in Harry Potter through the other students and how they talk about Harry Potter through the book. So they start out being like, oh, it's Harry Potter. It's the boy who lived. It's the chosen one. And then as the stories develop in later books, suddenly these secondary characters are talking about Harry saying that, oh, he's just making everything up. Oh, he's just super dramatic. He claims Voldemort's back, but he's just trying to get attention, blah, blah, blah. We see all of that, the opinions of the world, through these secondary characters that Harry has glancing interactions with. So if you were to list out all of your characters by name, then most of those named would be secondary characters. You only have a handful in your main characters, those that are pivotal to the plot and help change the outcome of the story. If they're tertiary characters, if they're so minor they don't even get a name, then they're over there, they're not on this list. So if you're watching the end credits on a movie, most of those characters are secondary characters. Secondary characters are a very good opportunity for you to give personal reactions for your main characters because they can develop a consistent relationship with them because the secondary characters do show up more than once. As the author, you need to treat them like a fully fleshed out character. Now, you don't have to dig into their complete backstory, but you need to put them on paper as if you did have all of that in mind, as if they were a full, real main character, because like our quote at the beginning said, they are their own hero in their own story. This can give you, the author, a huge variety of choices when creating these characters, so it should always be an enjoyable experience when these characters show up on the page, especially when you write selfishly. If you have a question or comment for our hosts or a topic you'd like us to cover, send us an email at writingroots@aspenhousepublishing.com or find us on Facebook by searching for Aspen House Publishing. 